Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another edition of MMA Fancast. My name's Jim Mooney. My podcast partner is Luke Payson. And this episode is going to be the start of a new series, similar to our Red vs. Blue series, which is a feature on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender series. The basic difference is that the Red vs. Blue Corner series features pro fighters and fighters who are about to make a splash on the big stage, whereas this new series called The Green Corner will feature fighters who are just starting out in their amateur career or they're trying to make a decision on whether to take that next step and go pro. The first fighter we feature in the Green Corner series is Megan Williams. She fights at 105 pounds, which is Adam weight. And when we met with her for this interview, it was for Media Day for 247 Fighting Championships and their event that they're holding July 27th. That is going to be at Princecape Arena in Cannesburg, Pennsylvania. So at that time, at the time that we chatted with her, she did not have an opponent lined up. There were uh, a few in the works and she was about to sign one, but it wasn't official. And since we've done that recording, she has been matched up and she does have an opponent on the card. So you will hear that a few times. I just want to make sure that you're aware that we did not have knowledge of an opponent at that time. So some of the conversation did revolve around that. Her most recent fight was a submission victory. It was a first round victory and the submission was armbar. She's a blue belt training at Stout Training, which is a Team Henzo Gracie school in Pittsburgh, and she trains Muay Thai under Will Morrill. So with that said, here's our interview with Megan. MMA FanCast, it's Jim Mooney. I am at Media Day for 247 Fighting Championships talking to Megan Williams. Megan is an amateur fighter. I'm currently uh, sitting at 2-3, and three, but she is obviously training hard and looking to make that record and even 500 three at 3-3. Megan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? Excellent. Okay, so one thing that uh, that has always interested me because I've got a son who is – um, he's big into BJJ. He loves watching the fights with me. Um, he's 12 years old. I got a daughter who's 14 years old. She is not so much into that. She sometimes sits and watches over my shoulder. But, you know, I've talked with her several times before, asked her if she had any interest in just, you know, doing some training just for um, like some physical activity, you know, fitness. And she has shown some interest in that aspect, but she's scared that it would eventually lead to, like, I would push her that way. So I'm just curious, what has led you to this point where you decided you wanted to step in the ring with an opponent and fight? 
I started doing karate when I was a kid, when I was like nine or ten. Me and my brother did karate for a little bit, and then I really got into it. We we competed, and we did some. It was mostly kata and touch sparring, like point sparring. But I loved it. I loved kicking kids, and it, it was a lot of fun for me. But um, we did that for three years and then we couldn't afford to do it anymore so I kind of gave up on martial arts and at the time I didn't know that the UFC existed or that fighting was a thing you could do as a job and there were definitely not women doing it at the time so like there weren't really female martial artists to look up to at the time there was like the pa- the pink power ranger which is what I wanted to be when I was a little kid that was my my idol but um yeah, I, so I didn't do any kind of martial arts for about 10 years, and then after college, I was I was miserable, and I was, I was just unhappy with life and lost, and I just remembered how much I loved martial arts and the, the discipline that it gave me and the, the direction. Even as a kid, I just felt very motivated by it. So I was looking around to get back into karate because that's all I knew at the time. And I had a friend that trained here at Stout Pittsburgh, Vince, and he was doing Muay Thai at the time. And he was like, yeah, karate's not real. Come do Muay Thai and learn how to fight. And so I did that, and I just got really into it right away. And I think I was doing it for about three months, and then we got an opportunity to go to Thailand and fight, and that was where my first fight was. Um, and I was I was just hooked. I came back, and I was like, yeah, I want to I wanna do this. I want to compete and so they made me start doing jiu-jitsu, and then I fell in love with jiu-jitsu, and that's, that was four years ago. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned the experience in Thailand, um, having some uh, Muay Thai uh, training, also karate in your background. You're doing jiu-jitsu now. All those definitely tie together. Big difference between Muay Thai and karate. Um, and then we know, you know, BJJ. Uh, BJJ to me now is kind of like like when I was growing up, there was a big uh, hockey explosion. It was with um, the gold medal winning um, Olympic hockey team for 1980 uh, Lake Placid Olympics. And it just took off from there. Then you get to like the 90s, early 90s to mid 90s, soccer took off. And so now I see MMA as like a fitness thing, but BJJ as the next big sports activity and movement for kids. But going back to um, your record, so you're You've got five fights now under your belt. At this point, you know, as we're talking, you don't have a scheduled opponent. So, you know, once you have an opponent, you can have video out there. Your coaches um, or yourself may look at that video and see, you know, what your opponent's tendencies may be, where their weaknesses are, where their strengths are. But we're about a month away now from the date. What does that camp look like where you don't have an opponent? Is it just we focus on getting Megan better and then incorporate some things later on when the opponent comes in? Or is that the focus once the, tr- the fight camp starts, it just make Megan better. Yeah, I definitely think that's the general focus. I I don't like to watch tape of my opponent. I'll, I'll find if I find it, I'll send it to my coaches and have them break it down and tell me what I need to work on or what I could capitalize on potentially. But I don't like watching video because, especially at the amateur level, because I know myself. Like I change from fight to fight. I get better every fight. So if you watch my first couple fights, it's not gonna. That's not who you're gonna be fighting that day. So I just assume my opponent is out there working all day every day like grinding and they're working harder than me and I'm just focused on doing better than I did yesterday and doing better than I did the last time I was in the cage so 
to me, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting myself all the time. And whoever's in the cage with me is just kind of there. <laughs> like, I, I, I respect them. And I assume that they're working as hard as I am, if not harder. So that just motivates me to not be lazy. I'm assuming that you've got coaches for specific areas of your game, uh, maybe for striking, striking coach or boxing coach. You got a BJJ coach. I don't know if you have, you know, one for uh, for Muay Thai. So, how much of when you are actually in the fight, do you hear them? We've talked to other fighters on podcasts, and some of them say that that they can hear them, but they don't necessarily listen to what they're saying because they view it as well. The coach is seeing the fight from one perspective. But I'm in the mix, and he might not have the same view that I do. Obviously, in the ring, you got a different perspective. So how much of what you have in your head from your coaches and things you've done in sparring sessions and that camp leading up to it versus what you actually hear once that fight starts, you know, because they've had your ear leading up to that? I don't know. I think in the like during the rounds, I'm not hearing a lot. But when the in-between rounds is when I get the most information because you're in there and you're doing your thing and your adrenaline is rush pumping and you, you might not necessarily hear what they're saying. If you're in a bad spot, I'll, I'll hear, hear them if I feel like I'm stuck in a position and I'm, I, I can't figure out where to go next. That's when I'm paying attention more to see if my coaches are seeing something that I'm not seeing. But yeah, in the moment, I'm, I'm just kind of focused on the fight. But in between rounds, that's when they'll tell me, like, all right, you're doing good here, but you need to tighten up here. This is what she's doing. This is what she's leaving open. This is what you're leaving open, things like that. And then I can try to readjust in the next round. Um, The next question I have for you is in regards to where you're at in your career now. As an amateur fight, you've got five fights under your belt, headed for your sixth in about a month. I know with, uh, with wins as well as losses, and sometimes more so with the loss, you learn with each fight. So is there, is there a point at which you feel like you're ready to go pro? Do you have a set number of fights that you want to um, take on? Or is it just more of a comfort level in your ability? Not that you would ever want to stay at one you know, set skill level because you always want to improve. But I was just curious what that mindset is like because we don't get a chance to talk to amateurs very often. We've only you know, probably interviewed maybe two or three. You might be the third. Um, so I'm just curious what that mindset is, because for a pro, it's it's totally different. They're now looking down the road to see what, you know, what fight will put them in place to, to move up in the rankings and then put them in position for the title fight. So your leverage is a little different. You're looking to go pro. So do you have a game plan set up for that? Is it fights? Is it skill level? Is it a mix of both? Coaches input? How does that all play out? I thought when I first got started, I got started kind of late. I'm 29 now and started when I was 25. So when I started, I kind of gave myself the timeline, like around 30 is when I want to go pro and get a few pro fights under my belt. Right now, my record is two and three. And they've all, because all all four out of five of my fights have been in Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania has very uh, limited amateur rules, novice amateur rules. So for your first three fights, you only get two minute rounds. You have to wear shin guards. There's no ground and pound and PA. So four out of my five fights have been novice rules because my third fight or my fourth fight, even though I had already had three fights because I had a losing record, my record was one and three at the time or one and one and two because I had a losing record they wouldn't let my fourth fight be 
advanced rules, even though all of my fights have been decisions and not knockouts or submissions or anything. Um, and then my, f my last fight had to be novice rules because my opponent hadn't had three fights yet. So the, no the novice rules are really limiting. Like I said, you, there's no kick head kicks or knees or elbows to the head and no ground and pound. So I don't want to go from that rule set directly into pros where people are going to be elbowing you and kicking you in the face and stuff. I want to have a little more, I want longer rounds and to get more work in before people are elbowing me in the head. <laughs> okay, so the, the five fight experience is under amateur rules, but let's go back to your first fight and that experience. So you get in there, walking into the ring, are there butterflies there? And then like once the action really gets going, you realize, okay, this is really happening. Take us through how all that played out in your head. And then if it was in the first fight, if it was in the second fight or whatever, but the first kick or punch that was solid, that really got your attention. What was Megan Williams thinking about all that? Um, I was really excited for my first fight, but it wasn't... So my first fight, um, it was just kind of a, a mess because my, my head coach, Mike Wilkins, was also fighting for a title for CFFC in Atlantic City. So all my main coaches were in Atlantic City. So I had... Um, a couple of my teammates cornering me and I took that fight at 115 pounds, which was what I was walking around at, which was not a good idea because that oh, sure, the, yeah. the woman I fought probably weighed like 130, 135 the day of the fight. And because it's, it, it's amateur rules, all she did was take me down and just kind of sit on top of me for two minutes because that's kind of what the rule set encourages because you can't ground and pound and because you have shin guards on you can't really do jujitsu like I remember trying to get her into an armbar triangle but I just couldn't tighten it because of the shin guards and so I remember that moment specifically getting very frustrated because I was like I can't do I'm getting taken down and she's bigger than me and I'm having a hard time getting making any space and like I can't hit her and she can't hit me and this is I, it was just a very frustrating experience like under those rule set with somebody bigger than you so it, I lost the decision she she did the same thing took me down and sat on top of me for all three rounds and it was just like okay now I know that I shouldn't be fighting at this weight class and I have to work on my wrestling I have to work on escaping from the bottom against larger opponents and all that stuff so it was it was a very frustrating experience but it was it was definitely a learning experience but my second fight was actually in Ohio so I did get three minute rounds no shin guards and ground and pound and that one I got my ass kicked but it was so much fun because like that's what I wanted I wanted to feel like I wanted to see what my martial arts that I've been training could do in a real situation and my first fight just didn't feel like a fight it just felt like she had a good strategy for winning and she that's and she executed it like if you have two minute rounds pretty much all you have to do is take the shoot shoot your shot sit on top of them for two minutes it's not that long of a time they the bottom person can't really establish any kind of solid jujitsu game so um i i learned i definitely learned that but my ohio fight was great because i got three minute rounds i got to i got to see what it felt like to get punched in the face on the ground and so it it, it sucked but it was it was a lot of fun I, I went all three rounds and i loved it i had a great time um and that was the that was the fight that I was like, yeah, this is it. I just have to do it 105. I felt really good at that weight, and 
I like I was caught off guard by all of the the ground and pound, and she had really good like judo throws and stuff. Um, so she she got me down a lot and got to tee off a little bit. But it was cool because I had never felt anything like that against somebody my size, so it it was awesome. <laughs> so it kind of felt like a, a fair fight at that point. Yeah. You know, that's um, there's always talk and debates about weight cutting in uh, in MMA. In boxing, what they did years ago is they went to junior divisions, which um, like there's 152, 155. And so, you know, if somebody's like a junior lightweight champion, you know, they're just three pounds less than like the next division above them. So what they've tried to do with that is cut back on some of the weight cuts. And I mean, it's just one aspect that they were looking at. But I personally um, see that as an issue in uh, the world of MMA with the weight cuts and the weight classes. And you see some fighters... You know, let's just say you know somebody's coming in at 135. I know uh, of an example. I won't mention the fighter's name, but um, we had covered one of his fights. We were there on the day that he actually arrived to the city, and he came in at like one. He was fighting at 135, and Wayne's were Thursday. He got to to the location probably like around 2 p.m. Um, on Wednesday. And he weighed like 149, 148, 149. And he had to, you know, he had to get down to at least 136. He made it. I know that it takes a toll on on a person's body. Um, But, you know, when the UFC first started in MMA, there weren't weren't really those weight classes like that. You had guys like Gracie coming in, um, wearing his gi, giving away 30, 40 pounds to somebody else. And back then it was, it was style versus style so you know i can you know certainly see where getting that matchup where you felt like you know it was a situation where the the other fighter was you know the same boat as you and now it was skill for skill instead of weight being the difference between you and your opponent and you can't really put on your skill set and and make it an even match so with five fights under your belt after that first loss you had talked a little bit about your experience there you say you don't look at video on your opponents. Do you watch the match that you just went through and take that as like a learning lesson to see where you can improve going forward for the next fight? Yeah, definitely. That's something that I do with my coaches too. Like I'll have them, I'll send them any videos I find of my opponent so they can break that down and talk to me about it. And then I'll, I'll send them my videos if I can find them and see what can be improved since the last one or what what improved between these two fights what improved between these two fights and what we can improve this next one so yeah i i don't like watching video my fights but i will if i i'm trying to learn from them but i'd rather my coaches watch them because like i know i'm doing something wrong there but i don't know exactly what so I, i still need them to tell me what i'm doing wrong and break it down for me in a way that i can make adjustments (laughs) again we are uh with megan williams this is media day for 247 fighting championships i know you have some other things to do some business to take care of Uh, i know you did a video shoot i think you got another a photo session i think coming up for brawl in the berg which occurs july 27th at princecape arena in cannonsburg pa which is about 25 minutes southwest of pittsburgh 
So I want to thank Megan for taking some time out of her very busy schedule right now to, uh, to sit down and talk with us. For MMA FanCast, I'm Jim Mooney saying that's it for Pitt. <laughs>